With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at SaturdaysWithJoyKeys at Hotmail.com. And guess what? Now we are on iHeartRadio. So you got iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and here at Blog Talk Radio. So wherever you happen to be listening, jamming to your music, you can switch over to a podcast hopefully mine. And I would encourage you to rate the podcast as well as leave any comments there. Um, you know, we love to hear from you guys. And also, I do a lot of giveaways, so you want to follow on social media. Well, today is World Hypertension Day. Now, hypertension is what? Another name for high blood pressure. And there are a lot of us in the African-American community who are dealing with high blood pressure. Some of us don't even know it because it has a lot of sneaky things about it. But I have a specialist today. He's a board-certified internal medicine with subspecialties in cardiovascular diseases, interventional interventional cardiology, and nuclear cardiology. Uh, In addition to his Kansas City Super Doctor's Honor, Dr. Lawrence was named the 2011 National Physician of the Year by the American Heart Association. Um, He earned his medical degree from Harvard, and he is also the Chief of Cardiology at Research Medical Center. Uh, good morning, Dr. Lawrence. How are you? Doing well. Good morning. How are you, Joy? Oh, I'm trying to keep my blood pressure down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's my main thing, especially now, you know, I'm reading all the stuff on hypertension. I'm like, did I do that? Oh, man, I didn't walk enough this week. I definitely did not walk enough this week. <laughs> I feel like I'm like the principal's office, and I'm like, um, no, doctor, I only walk three days this week. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I, but thank you. I, well, it's a pleasure. To, it's a pleasure to be here. So let me ex- talk to you about this um, disease. Why is it affecting African Americans more, or people of color more than other ethnicities? Uh. 
first of all, let's, let me again thank you for having me here. Thanks, thank you for supporting the American Heart Association, and thank you for supporting uh, World Hypertension uh, Day. You know, high blood pressure is is is, is a very common problem. Uh, just to step back just a little bit, uh, back in 2017, we sort of redefined what high blood pressure is. And for people who don't know, when the when the heart contracts, it causes pressures in the arteries of the body to go up. And the top number is called systolic blood pressure. And when that systolic blood pressure gets to be consistently greater than 129 millimeters of mercury, it increases the risk of developing heart disease, stroke, and, uh, and kidney disease. And there are different stages of, of hypertension. But let's say that for the most part, we want to consistently keep our blood pressure less than uh, 130 millimeters of mercury. Uh, now, hypertension is incredibly common. 60% of African-American men and women have a high blood pressure. And, and point of fact, if you're, 40, uh, if you're 45 years of age, there's a greater than 90% chance that at some point you're going to develop high blood pressure. And that's, uh, that's it's 90% in African-Americans and it's about 85% in, in, in white Americans. Uh, the reason it's, it's higher in African-Americans is, is multi- Factorial, it has mostly to do with sort of the so-called social determinants of, of health, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say that uh, there are things that go on in our that hypertension is just a it's a barometer of what's going on in your life. It, it's a it's it, it, it's a barometer of uh, of your weight. It's a barometer of your eating habits. Uh, it, it's a barometer of how much money you make. I mean, there are a lot of things that that uh, influence African Americans in such a way that we have higher rates of high blood pressure than uh, folks of other ethnicity, and it's not all just genetic based. It has a lot to do with your environment. Now, do you think men or or women have higher rates of high blood pressure, and why? Well, it, it varies at, at different uh, at different at different ages. Uh, earlier on, it uh, every, oh, I should say over time for both for both men and and women, uh, hypertension the chance of having hypertension uh, increase increases uh, as you as you as you age. At uh, at younger ages, the rates of hypertension tend to be uh, higher for for, for women, uh, and that's probably true throughout uh, throughout the, the age the age range, um, but it, but it also depends upon uh, beyond gender. It depends upon uh, depends upon other social economic uh, factors as well. Now, just there's some people joining on the line, and we just you just mentioned about systolic, um, diastolic. What's the difference? What does that mean? What's happening with the blood when it's systolic versus diastolic? Well, you can imagine a heart contracts, and when it contracts, it increases the uh, pressure in the walls of the arteries. And then when the heart relaxes, it uh, that blood pressure, the, the pressure along the walls will decrease. And the lowest number before the heart contracts again is called the diastolic pressure. The highest number is called the systolic pressure. And managing hypertension, primarily we're concerned about systolic blood pressure. Most of the guidelines are written uh, focused on systolic blood pressure, focused on that top number. So now you mentioned it had to be below 129. 
I heard about there's like pre high blood pressure and then there's actual blood pressure. What what are those ranges? Well, that was sort of part of the redefinition that happened in 2000 uh, in 2017. Uh, in, in point of fact, at every blood pressure almost there's incremental increased risk of developing heart disease. It becomes significant once blood pressure gets above 120 millimeters of mercury. So what we've redefined hypertension to be is a systolic blood pressure. When the systolic blood pressure is between 120 and 129, that's considered elevated blood pressure. When the blood pressure is between 130 and 139, that's considered stage one blood pressure. When blood pressure is greater than 140 millimeters of mercury consistently, then that's considered stage two hypertension. And there are different implications for treatment uh, based upon what that, uh, that blood pressure is on average. Now, is there some kind of food? I mean, I've heard things about different kinds of herbs people might take, um, things people, you know, cod liver oil and, you know, cinnamon, turmeric, all these. Are those things safe? I mean, are there, is there any facts to any of those, like, herbal remedies? Uh, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows for certain because there have not been much in the way of, you know, double-blind controlled trials of the type that we use in science to gather our, uh, to, to guide our, our, our treatment approach. Uh, certainly we know that what you put in your mouth can certainly uh, impact your, uh, your, your, your blood pressure. And one of the most important things is the amount of sodium or salt that you take in. And we, we generally recommend that you take in less than one, uh, sorry, less than 1,500 milligrams of sodium a day. So um, we, we should high blood pressure and to treat it. Excuse me. That's okay. So we should be looking at the backs of boxes and things like that to see because there's some things that have salt we don't even realize they might have salt, um, and and be eating them on a, on a regular basis. Um, now, uh, in terms of medicines, you mentioned there were different things that would be done if somebody was like the 120 to 129 versus the 130 to 140. What is what is the first course of action. I mean, would you tell somebody to go exercise first before they do medicine, or it just has to be medicine right off the bat? Well, the first thing you have to do in, in, in managing high blood pressure is to is to uh, accurately determine whether someone has high blood pressure. So how you measure blood pressure is incredibly important. It's important that it's measured with an automated blood pressure device that is accurate and it's validated. And many of the devices that people use, even in the offices, are not validated, are not accurate. Most of the wrist cuff devices that people use are not, act, are not accurate. Uh, there's a particular uh, way, particular methodology you use when you measure blood pressure. You need to make certain that someone's sitting in a chair, that their blood pressure cuff fits. Uh, that you wait five minutes before you actually uh, check the blood pressure, or recognizing that things such as anxiety can falsely elevate your blood pressure, and that's uh, that so-called white coat phenomenon where people go to the doctor and their blood pressure automatically goes up 10 millimeters of mercury. They go home and walk out of the office, it goes down, and that becomes a challenge to making a diagnosis. But the foundation for the management of hypertension at any stage are the lifestyle changes that are important. To, uh, to, to lowering blood pressure change. Uh, and those lifestyle changes include 
uh, diet and, uh, and, and exercise. We know that with changing the amount of salt alone that you take into your diet, you can decrease blood pressure by as much as uh, 8 millimeters of mercury. mercury. Uh, there, there is a, a specific diet, for instance, called the uh, DASH diet, which was specifically uh, developed to help lower blood pressure. Well, people on the DASH diet can lower their blood pressure as, as much as 15 millimeters of mercury. Uh, cutting back on the consumption of alcohol can lower blood pressure as much as five millimeters of mercury. And then oh, my God. Activity, you mean I can't have exercise. that glass of wine at night? I can't have the glass. I but thought, like, can, they said red you, wine was good or something for, like, circulation well, you, or something. <laughs> you can have a first one, but after that third or fourth, you know, you probably uh, – it may be feeling good, but it's probably not necessarily helping your blood pressure. <laughs> okay, okay. So three or four, that's, that's, that's right. We could have stop that right there. Um, well, for what, actually, actually the rec- recommendation for women is one a day. For men, it's about two, two, uh, two glasses of alcohol a day. Okay, okay. Is that because of body weight or size? Is that what that is? Uh, pro- most likely, most likely. Now, um, why is it called the silent killer? It's called the silent killer because you can't tell whether or not your blood pressure is elevated just by how you feel. Uh, the point at which you actually have symptoms related to uh, high blood pressure is, is typically a, a point at which you have uh, uh, really life-threatening hypertension. If you have uh, headaches, and uh, th- those become so-called hypertensive emergencies. But for the most part, if your blood pressure is uh, under uh, 170 or so millimeters of mercury, there's no way that you're going to typically be symptomatic. And that's why it's called the, the silent killer. And it's the silent killer until it's not so silent and you have a stroke or you have a heart attack or you develop a renal disease. So I actually don't like that term so much because mm-hmm. it, it, it sort of uh, underrepresents the amount of damage that elevated blood pressure can, can do to a person over time. Now, I understand it can also affect your eyesight. How is that connected with high blood pressure? Well, it's... Uh, not 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 so directly. It's not you know, loss of vision is not a, a major problem with hypertension, but certainly uh, if you have a stroke related to hypertension, stroke can manifest itself as as loss of uh, loss of sight. Uh, certainly, hypertension can narrow the arteries of of, uh, of, of any organ or, stru- or structure in the body, but uh, it's not. But loss of sight is not a typical manifestation of high blood pressure. Now you mentioned headaches. So what if somebody's just really under stress at work and, you know, they all of a sudden have this really bad headache? Should they be worried that they have high blood pressure or is that just a headache? How would they know they should call the doctor? Check your blood pressure. And <laughs> so we also have blood no, pressure. In the end, that's how you know if you, if you, you need to check your, your, your blood pressure. Um, that's, the, you know, that's the short answer. A lot of things cause hypertension. And then, uh, on the other hand, if you if you have a, a headache from whatever cause, it can that stress of, of 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 pain can lead to an elevation of your blood pressure. So you you want to know what your blood pressure is, why you have a headache, but more equally importantly, you want to know what your blood pressure is in between the stress of uh, of, uh, of a migraine or whatever else may be causing that uh, elevated blood pressure. 
Um, I saw on the American Heart Association's uh, website, they actually have a, a lot of good things and resources, but one of the things I saw was like a blood pressure tracker so that somebody could kind of write down on a regular basis what their blood pressure is over time. Do you think that's a good idea? Um, and then oh, yeah. Share it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, blood pressure is not a constant. I mean, blood pressure, again, it's a barometer of what's going on in your life. So when you when you exercise, for instance, your blood pressure goes up. When you go to sleep, your blood pressure will, will go down. So the challenge is knowing uh, what blood pressure actually represents this person's risk of developing heart disease or kidney disease or stroke. And we know that uh, if you measure blood pressure twice in the morning, take an average, twice in the evening, take an average, and you do that over three days and you take that average, that is really the best representation of what your blood pressure is and, and the blood pressure that defines your risk of uh, developing complications from elevated blood pressure. So it's, uh, it's, it's really taking an average over several days that gives you the best indication of whether you have hypertension and what your, your, your risks are. And we actually advocate uh, this self-measured home blood pressure uh, monitoring as the best way to accurately define someone's risk for developing uh, complications of hypertension and defining whether they have hypertension. Now, say I go to the doctor, I have high blood pressure, or I was told, and they give me some medicine. I've been taking that, say, for, you know, three months, maybe six, and I've been feeling really good, and my numbers have been looking great. Should I just stop taking my medicine? No, don't do that. Okay. And, <laughs> I mean, and, hyper, and, yeah, yeah, hypertension uh, can be cured. Uh, hypertension is not cured by taking medications. Hypertension is cured by making the uh, lifestyle changes uh, that we talked about earlier over long periods of time. Uh, so when you take medications, it lowers your blood pressure, it lowers your risk of developing uh, complications from hypertension, but it does not cure you of hypertension. That's why okay. you have to combine the uh, lifestyle changes with medications uh, to effectively manage blood pressure, and it's those lifestyle changes that you make over time that can actually lead to your uh, hypertension going away. If you lose enough weight, you change your diet, et cetera. Now, um, there's the different types of medicines. Now, what's a statin? What does that do as opposed to, say, the hydrochlorothiazide? Yeah, so statins are used to treat cholesterol. So that's, a, that's working okay, on a so different that's cholesterol. risk okay. factor. So there, there are different types of blood pressure uh, medicines like diuretics and hydrochlorothiazide is a type of a diuretic that helps to treat hypertension. There's a group of medications called uh, inhibitors that are used to treat hypertension, uh, antitensor receptor blockers, and another class called calcium. So there are multiple classes of medications that act via different mechanisms to lower blood pressure. All these medications have potential uh, side effects, and so as we begin to treat hypertension, it's important that we find medications that not only effectively lower blood pressure, but they, they do so without producing side effects. And because we have so many to choose from, we're able to effectively do that in most people, especially when we combine it with those lifestyle changes that are 
foundational to the management of hypertension. Now, I've heard some people taking two types at the same time. Why would a doctor do that, like having more than one? There, there are medications that uh, work. It's a work called synergistically. They work. Uh, they have. They're more effective together than they are when used singularly. Uh, and we know that for most patients, it takes three to four medications to get their blood pressure under control. And that's why we even have combination medicines, medications that uh, might include an ACE inhibitor and uh, endothiazide diuretic in one, uh, because usually one medication is not enough. And if you, you're more likely to get complications from one medication if you raise it to its maximum dose than if you use a low dose of one medication or a low dose of a second medication uh, together to lower blood pressure. So uh, we frequently uh, choose or need to use combinations of medications. The good news is that typically we can take, even if you need multiple medications, they can be taken once a day at the same time. So it's mm-hmm. not like you have to remember that second or third dose during the day. So and that becomes our goal, to treat, to treat the goal with as little in the way of uh, side effects as we can. Now, is there a connection between high blood pressure and strokes? I've heard that there, there's some type of connection yeah, there. Absolutely. Uh, the, the hypertension is the major risk factor for stroke, especially in in African Americans, and it's one of the most devastating uh, complications of, of hypertension, and, and that's why I don't like the the term "silent killer" because there is nothing silent about a stroke. Right, and there's when you have a stroke that you need to immediately try to get attention and not wait uh, because time yeah. is of the essence, right? Yes, yeah. Stroke is a, a medical uh, emergency. Uh, it, it, there are things that we can effectively do. But to to prevent a stroke from progressing or to reverse a stroke, but it is uh, it is time dependent. So if you develop a uh, speech problem, a garbled speech or confusion, if all of a sudden you're you're weak in one of your extremities, uh, you have a severe uh, headache. Uh, all of those things are, are are indications of possible stroke. And and you know time is tissue, and you need to get to the emergency room. Uh, as quickly as uh, as possible, uh, you should know where the real stroke centers are in your community. What you don't want to do is go to an urgent care center when you think you're having a stroke, because all that does is delay your care. You want to go to a, uh, a, a hospital that has a, a stroke center of excellence, so that you can be treated quickly and effectively. Um, but most importantly, you do want to go to the uh, the nearest center. Uh, for care if you think you have symptoms attributable to a uh, stroke. Now, an interesting thing, I was on the CDC's website, and it was showing what parts of the country have higher blood pressure than most. And over here, it's like in the east and middle part of the country, we have, like, super high blood pressure. And the people on the west uh, side, they were, like, mild. Is that part of that social determinants of health that you were speaking about earlier in in the environment? yeah, we have uh, there are we have we have the so-called stroke belt, and you can guess where it is. It's usually where black people are, uh, and it's and it's related to uh, the fact that you have uh, they have higher risk factors for stroke in these uh, in these communities. But uh, yeah, it, and, and while hypertension is a major risk factor for 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 stroke, uh, 
there are other risk factors, some that we can control better than others. For instance, we know that the, the, the better educated you are, the less the chance of having a stroke. We know that the more money you make, the less the less the risk of having a stroke. We know that if you live in a community where there are sidewalks where you can walk and you can walk safely, there's less of a chance of you having a stroke, or, or certainly, or I should say, less of a chance of you having hypertension as well as a chance of having a stroke. Uh, if we know that uh, we know that areas where there are high crime, there's high crime that leads to uh, higher levels of uh, of stress. Uh, we know that uh, that 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 when you are afraid of uh, of uh, violence, of uh, violence from uh, from from a, from a uh, from a policeman or violence from uh, from your neighbors, uh, that leads to stress and leads to increased risk of a hypertension over, over over time. Racism is a risk, and being exposed to racism is a public health problem. Uh, mm-hmm. And that leads to higher incidence of uh, of stroke. So all the things again, I, I say I meant to hypertension. Again, hypertension is just a barometer of of everything, all the things that uh, influence an individual in their in their daily life. Now, um, I know some people might have just joined. I see a lot of people. I want to see if anybody has a question. Um, you have the last four digits are fifty sixty six. Did you um, have a question for Dr. Lawrence this morning? Um, you have the last digits 5066 in your number? No? Okay. You know, just want to listen. That's fine. <laughs> um, let me just want you to, I want you to say one more time because we have about a couple minutes left. Talk about the systolic versus diastolic again. I just want to get that through to people and, and what those numbers mean and why they're so important. Sure, sure. When the heart contracts, it, it, it produces a pressure in the, in the arteries. Of the uh, of the body, uh, and that peak pressure with contraction of the heart is called the systolic blood pressure, and ideally it should be less than 120 millimeters of mercury. When the heart relaxes just before it contracts again, you're at a, the arteries are at a certain pressure, and that's called the diastolic uh, uh, pressure. Uh, and so it's that systolic pressure over the diastolic uh, pressure that defines your your blood pressure in a in a to the heart contraction cycle, and we use the systolic blood pressure for the most part to guide our management of high blood pressure. And also I want to mention, I asked the doctor earlier, if I started taking medicine for a couple of months or six months or whatever, and I'm feeling good and and my numbers have been stable, I should not stop taking my medicine. So I'm not a doctor. He is. He said it. Do not Mm -hmm. stop taking your medicine just because you are feeling better temporarily. That's something I believe you should speak with your, you know, PCP, um, your doctor about on on how to do that. But um, And also that it is something that can um, be cured with lifestyle changes, and that's what he's saying is the key. It's over time our lifestyle changes. Now, do you think, um, this is real crazy, I don't know if you know this answer, is weightlifting better than cardio um, in terms of getting our blood pressure down, or do we need both? Uh it's aerobic exercise that is the the type of exercise that leads to uh, you know heart healthy uh, uh, existence and uh, so it's really the walking and the uh, running if you if you can stand running anymore I can't uh, 
that makes a difference. It's the aerobic exercise rather than, than weightlifting, per, weightlifting per se that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that impacts our, our, our health. The, the problem with, with weightlifting is that uh, those, it actually, it's hard to explain, but there's something called afterload. If you, if, when you lift weights uh, over time, it, it makes the heart has to actually work harder in a way that's not necessarily healthy. Uh, but, which is, but, but that's to say that um, weightlifting has other benefits. So uh, as with anything, when you're talking only about heart health, it's, it's certainly the, a balance between aerobic exercise and other types of exercise, uh, such as, as weightlifting, that, uh, that are incredibly important. But certainly lifting weights at a moderate level over time is, uh, is important, especially as you get a little bit older. That weight bearing can be healthy for, for, for bones, for instance. Uh, so it's, it's really a combination, as, as, as is the case with you know, most things in life. Well, I want to thank you so much, Dr. Lawrence, for coming on the show this morning. And um, I want to thank the American Heart Association for connecting us. Yeah, well, thank you. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, in this time of COVID, we have come to understand that patients who have hypertension, who have COPD, uh, who, have, who smoke, who have diabetes, put you at increased risk of, of having more severe complications related to COVID. So, uh, Treat your hypertension, treat your risk factors, aerobic exercise, watch your diet, uh, and, 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 wear your, and, and most importantly, uh, wear your mask. And, uh, and then the last thing, uh, vote. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Lawrence, for coming on today. You have a great weekend, okay? My, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Joy. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the show. You can follow me at uh, Joy Keys on Twitter. Uh, Saturday mornings with Joy Keys on Facebook and Saturdays with Joy Keys on Instagram. I'll be giving away some books. I have a a lot of stuff. Um, I still have some CDs and music, um, so check out the social media. You can follow the show on Spotify, Stitcher, now iHeartRadio, here at Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. Have a wonderful weekend. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. 
That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 